Okay, this is going to be faster than Iggy going on a date on the Friday nights. So, welcome in to Calling the Audible. It's going to be faster than Mo in the bedroom. Yeah. Oh, trust me, big boy. Your girl knows about me, my friend. Okay. I'll see you Saturday night. Uh, Eagle in the nest, Iggy in the uh, perch, and I'm in the... Uh, the perch. Yeah, I'm in the uh, branch, I guess. You know. Anyway, uh, very quick show today. Um, not much to talk about, really, to be honest with you. We have Seth Glean on with us. The problem we have is that there's still a lot of games that are pending until the end of the cup season, so the brackets and the playoff matchups can't be set. There's really only, like, two divisions that we yeah. can kind of sort of resolve. Well, no. Two that are ready. They're ready, yeah, but it's, like, three games, and I think they don't even Code play until... Yeah. No, no, no. Code one and women's, everyone's played. Oh. No, I mean, like, when is their upcoming game? Is it before our next episode? Um, No, I believe the schedule's not out yet, so... No, the schedule is... The, the games are up, but the about? literal yes. time slots are not made yet. Yeah, they're doing that tomorrow. The slots are not... Today? Yeah. Yesterday? I don't know. Whatever. Tomorrow. Thursday. It's very confusing right now. Right. Well, we have games on Saturday, though, no? Yes. So nothing's, nothing's going to be... No, but, mo- like... The ones that can be determined will will be slotted in. So by Sunday morning, everyone will know their schedule Correct. for playoffs. Yep. For yeah. Sunday afternoon. When's the first day of knockout rounds? Monday. So yeah, so Monday. November thirteenth. Uh, Sunday. Okay, so the teams who are playing Saturday will not be playing Sunday then. It's possible. Okay, so just a heads up for those who are playing Saturday, you could be playing Sunday. Yes. Uh, email was sent out to all captains okay, of perfect. advising them of that uh, wrinkle. Perfect. So it began Sunday. The the quest to win the Fall Cup. After eight games, we don't know who's going to win. The you cup. lose, you might still be alive. You lose with red, you're out. That's the Fall Cup. That's the Fall Cup for you. And we'll go to December 10th and 11th. Yeah. Can't wait. Uh, also, just so quickly here, uh, don't forget winter registration is now officially open, correct? Yes? It is, yes. yes. So sign up for that. Um, ratings request, please double check. If you have a player or two that you think is a little high, Submit it to the uh, ratings request. It's on the website um, and resources and look for it and submit that. And they'll look at it, weigh it, let you know yay or nay. And if it's yay, if it's nay, you'll find out one way or another for your roster as you get ready for your winter season, which, by the way, is in two months. Yeah. Exactly. Two Those, months. Uh, yeah, they're in the works of being processed. So if yours hasn't been processed yet, it's uh, it's it's cooking. Yeah, it's brewing. exactly. Two months from today is the, the first weekend of games that we'll have. So, uh, can't wait. Can't wait for that. Uh, it's only two months away. All right. Uh, and lastly, if you saw in the Instagram stories today, uh, there is the uh, Midget Finals, Quebec Midget Finals, which we encourage for those to come watch out. If you don't want to watch, if you don't go in person, you can watch yours truly, Mo Khan, oh. on the call on oh. YouTube this Sunday. I believe it's uh, it's uh, North Shore against someone else. I'll find out who it is. <laughs> okay. I have so many games to call One this team. Weekend. One, you I feel like job. you've prepped for this. I have not prepped for this yet. <laughs> I have to prep for it. I, it's hard. Feels be, like it. Yeah. Hard, but anyway, uh, it, of course, Quebec Midget Football, uh, very power partnership with us. We've worked with them in, in the scorekeeping department. Uh, but if you want to be there in person, support local football. It's very important to come out to support these young kids uh, all throughout the weekend. Starts Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But if you want to hear Mo Khan, Friday, Sunday, 4 p.m. kickoff. They hear enough of you. I know you do. Know. All right. Uh, what do you want to start off with? You, you want to go uh, dive well, into it? Well, just one more thing. Yes. The uh, FPF Tooks uh, are uh, available Mondays in St. Laurent, Wednesdays in Laval. Oh, there's like lineups. just wearing there's, one? There's like lineups of that outside uh, St. Laurent every Monday and Wednesday. Yeah, but it's the white one. And I don't know how I mean, the last one was transparent. Yes. It was, oh, speaking it was of gray. that. Speaking of that, Friday night, I was driving home <laughs> on my Mason Nev corner of whatever street I was at. Oxford. And I see a car, you know. Wow, way to dox him. Yeah. 
I see a car on the T, t intersection. I go, man, okay, I wait for this guy to go through. I go, wait a minute, let's no, go. I'm like, I'm like, I'm gonna let this person go yeah. through. They got there first. But then I, I, I lock in on the guy's toque. I go, I seen that toque from somewhere. <laughs> I go, oh my god, it's Iggy's toque. And I roll down the, the window, give and him then, this wave. And then what I see is the cars just going. I'm like, what is this person doing? Go! I'm let, I let you go, go. And I see, and it's Mocon. And Lower. I drive off into the night. Drop off my colleague down the road. Oh, you, it was at the stroke of midnight as well. Yes, it was. It was, was drop off my colleague funny. who who's lives like three blocks down from Iggy. So okay. that's what it is. Anyway, um, that was our highlight of the week, and let's dive into <laughs> the show. Did uh, you manage to go to the gym this week? I did. I did go to the gym, and of course, there is a gym that is definitely a proud sponsor for this league of ours. Hey, FPS players, looking to take your fitness to the next level? BuzzFit Gyms has a special offer just for you. Join us today with no initiation costs. Get ready to score big in the gym and on the field. Visit us at BuzzFit Gyms and seize this exclusive deal now. All right. Thank you, like robotic like that, voice. So that 900 number. Hey, hello there. How's it going? <laughs> you want to uh, press a grid behind you or is it just me? A grid? A grid. I think it's just me. I think it's just you. you yeah. Go. Yeah. I think you're lacking sugar candies in your system. Did I oh, sugar you put today? the clock on, by the way. Uh, oh, yeah. I did not. No, okay. you're right. So, yeah, you go party. I didn't even have a coffee. I just one of those days. It's crazy. Yeah, it's one of those days, indeed. Oof. Okay, uh, let's dive into it. Yeah. Uh, tier two, we'll start off with that right now. Let's do it. Uh, I always have to ruin the schedule order of numbers here. Uh, Stoics, I know they got one more game to play, which is in Laval on Wednesday night. Uh, in, in your mind, body work, have they underachieved this FPF Cup given the roster acquisition that they brought in some pretty cool names on that team this season? I wouldn't say so. Are you asking that because they're literally like 500, 3, 3, and 1? Or I'm like just where, disappointed where by them. Like uh, with a plus 7, like you're you're disappointed? I'm I mean, disappointed by them. Yes. That, those rosters, those, uh, the popular names you're seeing on their roster are late additions. Those were not uh, anticipated prior to the season. Um, so I'd say given the in and out, uh, of players coming in and, uh, out of the lineup, I'd say it's slightly, I don't want to say overachieving, but just slightly above expectations. Uh, they underachieved above for you. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, underachieved. let's go. You know, you got the coolest name at FPF, Tony Vo, who mm-hmm. is a very underrated player in this league. Yep. Um, then you look at Jordan Tower should get. Four tonight if, if he plays. If, if he plays, yeah, we'll plays find tonight. out. Carl Ashley is a guy that we talked about that uh, that Chris uh, C. Rev is very protective of. He's, he's going to lose him yeah. to high division. Yeah. Um, he's got Jizzly Lexi playing for him. Yep. You know, uh, th- these aren't uh, Eagle Iggy Mokon here playing no. for uh, Mr. Chris uh, Rive, a.k.a. C. Rev. I just think that this team should be put up more points than what they did. They scored 40 points once, which was against Le Bassett. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, some of the games, they lost infantry by one. Shouldn't be losing to those guys at all. What do you... What? No, shouldn't be losing to infantry. Not in my books. They're like in the top three. Doesn't matter. Shouldn't be losing to infantry. C-Rev has in to be... In a one-point game. C-Rev needs to do better quarterback. Look look at the games. 25-25 tied to a Rouge. Okay, yeah. that one you Should could, have won that game. Uh, agreed, but... Con- convert but on one of your extra points, maybe? Hello, yeah. Chris? Come on. To, well, like... Well, you, and like against well, infantry, you got converting your extra points, man. I, I agreed, but they're... Not getting blown out. Where's the like? They're losing to a good team. Like and and by the way, there's no bad teams in these divisions. And the lower end ones, they beat significantly. Thirty-seven and eighteen to Voodoo. Uh, and yeah, okay, you're losing to Diamond Bougie. You're losing to the Infantry. You're losing to EZW. They're literally like one, two, and four in the standings right now. So no, no, not a disappointment at all. I am disappointed by them. 
I really am. Uh, you bring all this firepower, you know, uh, and these guys, unfortunately. But it's the first time throwing with these players, so he's just building the chemistry out. I don't want excuses. False kings. Stoics, false kings. We have not used it at all this season. False kings, stoics, all that power acquisition you did at C-Rip has failed you miserably in this league. But they're not at the top of the standings. I don't care. <laughs> they should be higher, though. That's my point, though. Why are they in the borderline? They should be a double uh, elimination status, but they're not. They might be with a win over, uh, uh, that's what she said tonight, uh, Wednesday night. We'll could see. Be. We'll see in Laval how that plays out. Yep. But they should be better than what they are. Okay. Should be much better than what they are. Okay. Um, what's the matchup you're looking forward to in, uh, in Tier 2? If you, have, if you can pick up a matchup, like a dream scenario that, hey, this first matchup is going to be fun to watch and the open rounds is who? Are you just asking straight up any two teams against each other? Or given the standings, the way they look right now, which in the top half, it's one versus eight, two, seven, three, five, three, six, and four, five. I, I would say, given, you know what? Given uh, the way they are? Given the way they are right now. And, and you, you can project, right? So if you want to project a team that might move up or down, like, why not? Let's go for it. I mean, based on current settings, I mean, Dirty Birds Infantry is going to be yeah. very interesting. Yeah, yeah that one, e- even EZW fins up and Diamond Bougie Ambush. Like, those are, those are great. Those are interesting because can Ambush in back-to-back weeks, beat Kiss My In-Laws and then knock off Diamond Bougie and push them down to the uh, to the uh, single elimination bracket. That that would be uh, an interesting one. I'm, I'm intrigued by Le, Le Pas-Bessette against Voodoo because Voodoo has that streak in them where when they're off, they're really off. But when they're mm-hmm. on, they're tough, right? And it, it can make things really funky for them. I'm watching out for them. I think Arouche, this is a team, again, we talked about last Fall Cup. Mm-hmm. They went very deep. Yeah. Like, they played like 18 more games yeah. after, you yeah, know, yeah. it was crazy about that. I can't wait for them. I, I'm I'm intrigued to see what fins up who they get paired up with. Yeah. Um, right now, Easy W. You Easy like W. That? Yeah, you like that? That's a good matchup. That's a fun matchup. It's a very salacious matchup. But is it a good one for fins up? Yeah, I, I know. I, I I think it is because Easy W, the way fins up are are built up, and I called out Cerulean Power. You did, and um, I think this they match up well with Easy W. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, you, you mentioned Dirty Birds and who they might get. Um, infantry. Could be their 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 dance partner in the first round, but I want to see Quay Johnson be uh, a serial touchdown maker, and he's he has the firepower to do so. Yeah, yeah. you know, but he's <laughs> had his bad games where he threw three INTs one game, then he would throw like four or five in a game. So, which Quay Johnson will show up in the playoffs or in the knockout rounds? And you know, so, he's so got does, some good pass catchers to work with. So, does that make that team vulnerable, or is there I, another I, team that's vulnerable? No, I think Dirty Bird's defense is very good. Uh, Naz Dillon, who uh, you know he's not assuming as a pass rusher, but he gets to dig, yeah. gets the job oh, no, done. No, he's great. Yeah, very good. I think they're going to be fun to watch. So I think Dirty Birds, who I'm circling, Le Poa Bassett as well, and Arouche. Those are the teams I want to see who they get paired up with. I think okay. they can make a deep run in yep. the uh, tier two knockout stages. Agreed. So, last but not least, the most vulnerable team is who going to the knockout rounds? Um, I. F- Fine, like Beer Belly uh, Brigade are uh, a little vulnerable going in. Um, and I don't know why. If you asked me at the beginning of the season, I wouldn't have said this team. But now I feel like they are, and it's Game Changers. That's a team that, I don't know, for whatever reason, I can't quite put my finger on it. But I don't feel confident. Like, if you had to give me to pick them to win, I wouldn't feel confident doing that. Even though I thought they were actually probably a top five, top six team in this division. Yeah, they they kind of slanted in the wrong direction. Um, Slant backwards. 
Yeah, they 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 lost to uh, I think Dirty Birds. I think it was mm-hmm. uh, last week in Laval. It was, yeah. And they which is going to be a game of the week uh, coming up soon. Right, right. And I just think that for whatever reason they just, they haven't really found the groove in this in this tier this this season. It's the same squad. It's not like they they yeah. lost anyone or had any more additions. But I don't think they well they added JD Chevalier. Yes, if anything, Chevalier, that's right. But like, player. that's a big plus, right? It should be a big plus. Yeah. But you know, a three, four, and one, yeah, they have underachieved. And uh, may- but maybe this could be a, a moment where they need to have that one elimination status where they play better than than expected, right? And so maybe they do pull off an upset or two along the way. But yeah, I think I think game changers definitely have underachieved in this tier this season. All right, on to tier four. Cool. Um, for now, we could see eleven of the twenty-one teams. 500 or better. Are you surprised by this? Um, so half the teams are going to be at 500 or better. Yeah, which is pretty remarkable. In, uh, is it? Isn't that statistically exactly what you would want? But usually you don't have that. Usually you have like eight. The bell curve? Yeah, you should have eight. You know, if it's 20-team league, you have eight. That's about 500 or better. But remember, it's one conference, right? So you have – you could, in theory, have um, – you could, I beg your pardon, have yeah. seven to eight teams that have five wins or better when it's all said and done. Even nine. So there can be nine teams that can end up with five wins or better. Yeah. It's, uh, that's why my surprise. You're in tier three, Eagle. We're on tier four. Ah, that's a hover. That's a hover. Not my fault. That's a hover. Fly, Eagle, fly. Um, In tier four, would I be. Ha- uh, if you told me that at the beginning of the season, not knowing tier four, the majority of it, yeah, I'd be surprised. Um, now, after what is 10 weeks, uh, no, not really, because there are actually like eight really good teams in this division. And then there's the middle teams, and then the, you have some teams that are not really competing here. Um, so, no. If you ask me at the beginning, yes. If you ask me right now, no. I, I, I'm because uh, this will lead to the next question that we're going to discuss right now. Um, I'm impressed though. I, I really am because this is sort of the tier four, is sort of that the transitional division, right? Where you have teams yeah. who are playing lower end spring or winter seasons now playing in that melange of teams that are kind of making that step up now. They're at that fork in the road of either going higher or staying at the same, uh, same length. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you know, you look at a team such as Win Diesel. Right, they've always been mercurial, but here they are, four and three. They could be five and three when it's all said and done. Megaron, uh, Cookie Monsters, uh, Pack of Punch is going to be four, is going to be four, three and one. Yeah. Um, it, Super Troopers, these these are good, solid teams. Pasarabia taking that next step. Ramfins, we know about them. They're seven and one. Uh, coolest logo, which you don't like, which I do like. It's okay. I, it's, okay. See, it's, I'm saying you don't like it. Not like it. You don't it's like okay. it. Okay, you think it's the best one it's ever? It's the best logo. It's an ingenious logo. Jeez. It's a dolphin with ram head, ram horns, man. That's what okay. It's a grandma in a, with a bicycle. Uh, okay. Yeah, but it's a dolphin flying dolphin with ram horns, man. You think it's up for CTE at all? Who? A ram with horns. Like, uh, sorry, a dolphin with horns. If it would suffer CTE? Yeah. Sure. I'm just asking. Dolphin brain is almost the same size as human brain. Because they, they, asked, they had that question about rams on um, Dan Levitard's show. Did they suffer CTE because they always okay. each other had, right? Oh, so, okay. Yeah. So I'm curious if, if a ram thing would do the same thing. Peace would have the answer sure. to that question. Can you ask me for that answer next week? Yeah, uh, thank you. Ask, please ask. Um, but I do like Toon Squad a lot, and the, you know, even though two ties, actually, by the way, Gunnar Ross did play. He did. I told game. you. Yeah. I told yeah. you. Some Alwa fan he is. I would have been at the game tailgating, by the way. But yeah, I think this 
could be a projection that in the winter season, whoever comes back for winter season with these teams, um, that they all have, if I'm not saying all of them, but if, if a good number of these teams will have a breakout campaign where they are the favorites to win that division or make a, a leap up. So, yeah, I am very impressed, but I'm also not surprised that there is more than half of the division at 500 or better this season. That's good competition at the top. It and is. And I like those middle teams that you listed, right? Pack-a-Punch, Cookie Monsters, Megaron, you, uh, and Win Diesel, the, the four that you mentioned there. I, yeah. like, I like what I've seen out of all, all of those teams. So is this the toughest tier to predict for, for, for knockout projection? I think so. For knockout, sure. And even just who's going to win. I think it's the toughest. I'm not sure. Sh- I, I really I don't know who's going to win this division. I, I, I can't even pick if... Maybe I could guess one finalist out of the two, I, but like to get nail both right or pick a winner, I don't know. I can't pick the. I can't pick a. It's really leader, tough. Leader. Really, really tough, especially because we've seen chinks in everyone's armor in at least one game where they just looked so off, right? And and it and it's actually like Pasta and their one loss. They looked like two or three turnovers against Save the Turtles. Game was over by halftime. Yeah, but. Pasta gave only flags their only loss in a game where only flags look didn't look anything like what they've looked all season. But then only flags beat Save the Turtles. So like the like all these teams are are just beating each other up. But I don't know who's the clear cut favorite. There is no clear cut favorite because you you said it in that way of snakes and ladders that you know there's one team that can beat one and then lose the next week. Like Pasta right. Rabia. They're seven to one, rightfully so. But you wonder, can they win the quarterback play? They can. The the and I was thinking about this, and I was going to ask you, who's the one team that Pasta should be afraid of, and and that can give them fits? The best logo in the league, Ramfins. I, you know who I think it is. Save Turtles. Pasta Arabiat. It's themselves. They are going to be the ones that get in their own way of winning. Prisoner of low mind. I saw, I saw it on Monday night, and, and when they get distracted and outside of football and it becomes a bit of a bickering war instead of a football war out there, they lose their, their tempers and their heads, and they, and they almost dropped a three-score game when they were up over uh, Meat Lovers. And a quick score and a onside kick success... Two seconds later, they saw their three-possession lead evaporate, and they were on the hinges of losing that game. So, okay, so this leads to the next question. Then. Yeah. Are they a candidate to be an early two-loss upset, like two losses in a row, and they were done, like two and done? I don't think so. I think they've, over the over the course of the seasons, and hopefully they, they saw it on Monday night, that if they're not fully concentrated, they can let games slip away. Mm-hmm. I think that and their accumulation of uh, experience over the past few years, I'd say no, they're not the quick two and I, out. I think there's someone on the green side that will be a two and out. Yeah, I just, I again, so. I don't know who it is. <laughs> I, it's it's someone in there. Could be Super Troopers, right? The only on. team without a, without a loss. Uh, it could yeah. be that. I, 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 I just yeah, don't know. Yeah, any team. So what I'm referring to, any team of five wins or, or more, I yep. think there's someone in that category that will be two and out hmm. at that point. Interesting. Okay, on to women's. Um, I was thinking about it because, you know, women's division is growing exponentially. Uh, we're getting more and more fantastic athletes on in that division, in that community, and I think we'll see more teams. I think we're expecting, what, two divisions, if not three? Mm-hmm. Two. Two, two, two. right? Two. two for now. Two for now, the Premier League and, and women's two. We should call it that, the WPL, the Women's Premier League. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Nice nice little uh, n- name to it. Okay, um, I was thinking about it, though. 
Currently in this edition of the women's division of the Fall Cup. Well, it, it is two divisions. <coughs> I'm talking the Fall Cup, though. Oh, right wait. Now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And th- this, okay. Like, I'm thinking of players sites. right now who are playing in women's. Um, yeah. There are some who are playing women's one in the winter as your eyes kind of go bulging. The site's doing something so weird to me. It's saying Fall Cup 2023, but it's showing me two women's divisions. Perfect. It's probably because probably I've clicked around in winter 2024. You probably times. have. Yeah. Okay, um, who in your mind, I, I have one that okay. can make the jump up to women's one. I, I think Gigi Kabilo-Bonte can play yeah, women's easy, one. easy. But is there anyone else that in your mind that you could say, you know what, yeah, she can definitely play. Like low-key, right? Yeah, low-key. Like I think Kabilo-Bonte can play. Yeah. I don't know if she would. I don't know if anyone knows who she is. And that's, I think that's the thing. And it's not a knock on the women's division um, when it comes to that. I just think that... A lot of these teams are set through the Sejep University ranks. They grew up with yeah. each other, and, and they play at nationals and all that stuff and, and tournaments across Quebec and in the U.S. and whatnot. Yeah. So they have the team set. But if you have to make that addition, I think Kabila Bonte could definitely hang with these teams. Oh. <laughs> I don't think I don't think Siri agrees with you there, no, Mo. <laughs> so, yeah, I just think that she can play in that division yeah. as well. I also think you're asking outside of Brutes and Vortex. Players yeah, essentially. Outside of them. essentially. Um, I've spoken about her a lot in my articles. Maddie Paquette of Wolfpack. Uh, she's a dominant player out there. She's ready for women's one. Uh, this player has already played uh, women's one, I believe. Uh, Josiane Martin is a, is another one of those uh, players that's, that's, that can take that step up if she hasn't already. Um, two and a third one. No, I'll go with those two for now. Yeah, you know, I I look at um, you mentioned uh, Josiane Martin from Wildcats, which is a great pick, by the way. Uh, but also uh, Sabrina Never, she's a very good player as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, she had a really good season this year. I seen her play a couple times with Wildcats and what she has done. Um, she's very good. I also when you look at say. Uh, Alexandra Ladusor, she's also very solid too yep. for Wildcats. Yep. You know, but the thing is, like, it's hard. Like, you know, and I had a f- funny enough, I, I spoke to Rochelle Valier about this, like, all back in the summertime. Okay. And I said, you know, you should be playing women's one, right? And, yeah. and she goes, it's tough because no one knows anyone, right? So maybe there's got to be more exposure, and and we give that, and see, hey, like, you know, there is excellent talent. There's diamonds inside this in the treasure trove yeah. over here that you can find for your team. So I just think that there's a few that definitely can play in women's one in 2024 and beyond. I will give you a third name, Magali Ruel of uh, of Red Bulls. I've seen her not only with Red Bulls. She played last year uh, with Vincent Chung's uh, uh, teams in co-ed. She's, right. uh, she's, she's a player that can uh, definitely play uh, women's one right. caliber. Which, t- which game are you looking forward to in women's uh, knockout rounds? Um, I want to see uh, Red Nation take on uh, – it was Wildcats last week that they had yep. the uh, – the Tate Yes. I want to see a rematch with them because well, Red Nation's peaking at the right time. They're on a hot streak right now. And, you know, I'm not saying they're going to beat Vortex or Brutes, but, well, if they get Wildcats at some point, that'd be fun to watch. Well, why are you wondering? We know the, the matchups. The matchups are set. They are playing Vortex. Oh, right. Yes. Yes. So, because they have eight, eight games yes. played and the only two teams with seven games can't jump up. That's so right. They're, 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 literally, the seedings are, are set. Uh, Brutes will be playing Wolfpack. Vortex will be playing Red Nation. Uh, and Wildcats have a bye, and X and X, before their own playoff game w- against Red Bulls, have a regular season game against that against them. We talked about that last mm. week about showing the cards. Um, 
yeah, I I like Red Nation against Vortex. I don't think Red Nation uh, is going to end up winning the first time around, but I think they are smart enough and will collect enough information to make it a competitive game against Vortex and then use that information and if ever they meet up down the line, that they'll make it a game of converts, potentially. So th- there could be a situation for a nation. Um, depending on the schedule for women's, I don't know when the dates are. But if the Alouettes make it to the Great Cup, and we'll know by Saturday if right. they beat Toronto, and I haven't beaten the, the Argonauts, by the way. Right. Um, so if the first window of women's games is next week, right? Uh, Al Sobel could not be available because she would be in Hamilton with the team. If that's an official could or would or I'm will saying could. could. Could, yeah. If they make Yeah, I'm it. not saying can. She, if, if the Owls qualify, then she will. She could be in Hamilton with the team or as, of, as of Monday. Are you giving two maybes in there? Like, if they go, then there's still a chance that she goes. Yeah, because everyone's going down to Hamilton. But is it? If the Alouettes win, then she goes. Yeah, it's based on the Alouettes winning on Saturday. Oh, okay, so it's 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 like almost confirmed that if the Owls win, then she will go. I think so. Not if and then another if. Well, it depends. They can say, hey, you know, come on Thursday or Friday, oh, okay, right? Right. But like, it's Great Cup week. Everything, everyone's going down from personnel for that. So, so there is that scenario that that Red Nation could be missing. And then, no, without without her, they don't have a chance. Without, no, with, they no. don't have a, a rocket's chance uh, of winning that game because they need her rocket arm. Yeah, so I don't know what the the, the layout of the schedule dates are for the for next week, but that's something to keep an eye out for because if the Owls do win on Saturday, uh, everyone's rolling down to Toronto or to Hamilton. Back, a big pardon. Interesting. But the funny part is the story is because Great Cups in Hamilton this year. Okay. And I believe um, when Winnipeg, so Hamilton, not to go CFL history, you guys, but. Winnipeg is going to Winnipeg won against the Thai Cats in Hamilton a couple of years ago. So the story was is that the Bombers, t- in, rather than celebrating Hamilton, they went to tor- to Toronto to celebrate their Great Cup championship. So I wonder if the Alouettes, if they qualify for the Great Cup and they win it, if they're going to go to Toronto, Toronto to celebrate the Great Cup. There's nothing to do in Hamilton, man. Nothing to do in Hamilton. Why wouldn't they come back to Montreal? Well, after the Great Cup, Great Cups on Sunday, you're going to celebrate party the night of. Why would you go to Toronto if you can go to Montreal? Well. Because Hamilton to Toronto is about an hour versus Hamilton to Montreal is six hours, seven well, hours. Well, they fly in, but there's no flights out direct, right? They go the next day. So you have budget for flights in the CFL? Come on. <laughs> they have charter <laughs> They're flights They're greyhounding that shit. No, they, they, got, they, they, they now have, you know what? They have charter oh, yeah. flights now. They, oh, they, really? they realized, and, and this is courtesy of someone who used to work for the Alouettes, who initiated the charter flight plan, that you save mm-hmm. on another night of hotels and per diems if you fly out right after the, after the game. And they realized, so a lot of these players that I know, like, man, we missed out on the parties after games, man. Win or lose, we always went out partying the, the, night, the, the game after, man. So <laughs> they missed out on the stories on, on that. So they no longer do the classic two days, and then we leave the morning after. They leave right after the game. So, so we, anyway, point being is that they could Financials not, aside. Yeah. Point being is that they maybe now have, they could not right, have that, Al Sobel because yeah. if they win, she might be down in Hamilton for Great Cup Week. So. We'll see what happens. We'll be joined by Seth Glenn in a couple seconds here. We will be? Yes. Uh, we have think time for it? Yes. Uh, we had time for it. Sure. Yes. I told him 7.30. It's 7.31. This I, is I perfect. I'm saying we have four divisions left. Uh, well, no. We have three. We have three. Well, if you count co-ed as two. Co-ed is, gonna be, is with it's Seth Glenn. That'll be is as is. Then we have two after that. Yes. Tier one We're and good. tier three. We're good, All man. Right. 
Eagle, we're on a roll here, baby. We are going, man. I mean, you say that. Eagle, yeah. we're going to be out of here for like 7.50. This won't be the, the, the epic... Uh, We've done three divisions in 30 minutes. We have three left. Yeah, we'll do it. it in 30 minutes. And, to be sure. and by the way, it's not going to be the classic Simon Dagenet PZ playoff preview when they went till midnight. Smile. Yeah, I don't know if you remember that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I called, I, I texted Simon, or I texted uh, uh, Simon, I go, how's how did, it? How did it go? How are you going? You guys are done? No, we're in Division 5A. I'm like, Simon, it's 11.45. And uh, he's like, don't talk to me. They were there for four and a half hours previewing the playoffs. Crazy. I can't believe they did that. Absolutely wild. It's love for the game. Yeah. I, I felt bad. I was like, I made it come back. You know, I had the Al Habs that night. Uh, waiting for to join, join, be joined by Seth Galena, who is uh, ignoring us. Oh, boy. Okay, so Seth is not here with us yet. I will continue to call him as you guys can start yes. the segment. Okay, so you call Seth Galena. We'll oh. uh, no, no. We'll uh, go into coed then. So I had no questions to line up specifically for coed. Well, more well, for Seth Galena. Well, coed um, the that's a, just like the women's is another game. Oh, here we go. Here we go. We have a man in the room. Ah, uh, there he is. He went from <laughs> he went from sideline passes to sitting in the fiftieth row. Overlooking Kentucky, Seth Galina on Sunday nights. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm now at the, the Hilton Hotel in downtown Cincinnati. So not overlooking, overlooking like an alleyway over there. How do you go from like rubbing shoulders with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase to rubbing shoulders with some fans in like in the 80th row in the third deck of 400 level? Look, NBC Sports, I do appreciate that they got me on the field. I do appreciate that I got to uh, see my friends, Mike Rico, Chris Collinsworth. Oh, name dropping. However, <laughs> excuse me. However, uh, last row of Paycor Stadium was where our seats were. I so, know. looking like ants down there. Luckily, the home team won, but um, yeah, it could 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 have been a little closer. Could have been. You could have been. In, you know what? Because uh, for, for those who know, Seth Galina works for PFF, Pro Football Focus, which is run by Chris Collinsworth and NBC. You're media, so why weren't you in media row? So it's a whole thing. <laughs> it's like actually a whole thing because mo- specifically the Bengals, I think in this case, they're cheap. Don't believe. Yeah, my cheap. team. Uh, they don't believe that that where uh, we need to be in media row because like or in the press box because we don't do like live game uh recaps or beat journalism like brown family man they're so archaic exactly so archaic so we have to go so we went through nbc sports because we work with them uh well i i personally work with um the whole team at nbc sports i got to go in the truck like the thing that they wheel it's four trucks that they wheel out to each um each venue and that's really really cool is the amount of cameras and stuff that they have access to and talking to the graphics people how they like put the graphics together um uh, the guys who do the graphics kind of live too if there's something happens obviously there's people who do you know um who prep stuff during the week which is what we helped them with but really really cool and uh being on the field was pretty cool right next yeah. to joe burrow if uh, Chris Collinsworth had to talk about you when you started with, now here's a guy, what would he say? Here's a guy who doesn't really do any work when I ask him to. 
Mike, I, uh, Mike, I'll tell you what, this guy, man. You see how you ran that slant? Seth Glenn would have ran it in five steps instead of four and a half. And I'll tell you what, he makes the catch and not play for that first down. I'll tell you what, what a player he is, you know. He he would he would destroy me. And like honestly, if there's if, if there's any replays of me playing flag and there's a few out there, like it's bad. So like uh I, I you know, we, we selectively put what we want on Instagram. Uh, to make sure that I look good. But, you know, the whole picture is uh, not as rosy. Yeah, government TV right there with uh, Seth Green's Instagram page. Um, so, Seth, let's dive into it. Uh, I had this question I want to ask you. Since you work for PFF, um, in your mind, you've, you've, you know this league fairly well. Which FPF player would grade well in the PFF world? Iggy, for sure. Iggy's like a 95.6, No, 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 no. <laughs> Stop stroking his ego. Let's go. Let's get the real answer here. Who would grade well in the PFF world from from the FPF world? I mean, look, it's it, it, whoever's grading high in, in 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 the PFF world. You guys are using the same uh, grading system that we use at PFF, right? So it's the same thing. Like whoever's okay. grading high is going to grade high. Uh, look, we it's. I think for the quarterback stuff, it's a lot of like depth adjusted accuracy. So if you're throwing deep balls a lot and you're completing them, then uh, then you probably would grade pretty highly defensively, target based, and and honestly, receiver wise, target based as well. Uh, so, you know, I'm like a 75 offense, 75 defense, and that's probably where I'd be. Uh, who would grade well? I mean, there's a lot of good players. Don't, don't don't be I'm shy sure now. All great well. Don't be shy now. No, I mean like all all the good all the all the people who like make plays in FPF would would grade well. I can't think of any off the top of my head except a the best quarterback in, oh, in FPF. <laughs> oh Jesus, yeah, that sky chili got to your head there. Uh, yeah, I had some I had some skyline chili earlier, so maybe it is um, <laughs> maybe maybe it is cladding the it's memory absolutely there. Gross, uh, Seth. I uh, maybe not a lot of people uh, know you. Maybe uh, not a lot of people know your team. Plenty of fish and co-ed. I wanted to play a little game with you if uh, if you're down. Uh, you're you're known to uh, to be a great football mind. Um, so I want to use that mind and put it to the test with a quick word association game. So I'm gonna list uh, your player names on your roster, and I want to give. I want you to give me one word to describe them. All right. We're good. Understood? Yeah. All right. Uh, Annabelle Chevrier. Hands. Uh, Daniel Marceau. Teammate. I, say it again. We it bleeped up. Teammate. Like a teammate. good teammate. teammate. Yeah. Dylan Taylor. One of the worst players that's ever lived. I'm sorry, that's more than that's more than three to one word. <laughs> Jamie OJ. Uh, unselfish. Uh, Julian McLaren Thompson. Cigarettes. <laughs> I thought you were gonna go with fast. I was gonna go fast. Cigarettes. Uh, Mode Lacasse. Competitor. Uh, Rebecca Decari Corbey. Humor. Rocco Cristiano. Agility. And Seth Galina. Fucking loser, man. <laughs> That's code for him saying he's not good. Uh, what, what's my, uh, my best? I don't know. Uh, if I were to 
to to um, attribute something to myself. It would just be uh, consistent. Okay, there we go. Uh, when you look at your division for co-ed one, um, it's a it was a pretty close middle of the pack here. But do you feel like there's a there's a true favorite to win this? Do you think Kiss My Zone is the best in this division, or do you think you guys can make a run with your core group that uh, you guys just listed, listed right now? Yeah, I think we we have a chance. I think it's going to take some some uh, bounces that fall our way that maybe haven't fallen our way in in the last two seasons that we put this team together. So hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully we can stay in games and then find a way to win at the end. I think that's probably our best chance. I think Kiss My End Zone, I mean, they did finish in first, so I have to give them credit. I think it's definitely a matchup-based league. I think we certainly do well against um, the quarterbacks who are going to run around more because we have Julian, who's probably the best defensive player in the league, best rusher in the league for sure. Um, But obviously, you know, like our matchup versus Ziggy, we're going to play them next week is – is a little different because he gets the ball out quick. So, like, it, it, to me, it's such a matchup-based um, division. Um, with that said, like, when I think about, uh, like, if we were going to play a finals against one of these teams, uh, I, I probably would say uh, Kiss My Zone would be the favorite. Uh, and then quick for me, a uh, quick last one here. Uh, do you think any of the teams that fall in the red category here, Fit Squad, Vultures, or Deep Balls, do you give any of those teams a fighting chance to make it all the way to the finals? It's a long road uh, for uh, Vultures and Deep Balls. They'll play the most games if they win. Uh, if they win out, do any of them have a chance? Yeah, I think you know Deep Balls. It's been more difficult. I think we understand that. Uh, two wins. I think one of them is by forfeit. So. Hasn't been a great season for them. I think when they're all there, they can they can do a little bit um, more than we think. With Vultures, it's a team that I don't really understand. Uh, we played them. It was a great game. Finished forty to forty. Uh, a lot of play- players were out. It was a Thanksgiving weekend, so like I think both teams were missing a bunch of players. But when I look at the roster, I look at a team that should not be two five and one. And I'm and I'm sure they have plenty of reasons of why. I mean of why that's happened. I, I don't know for sure. Uh, they scored a lot of points against us, but we also scored a lot of points against them. Uh, the roster's for me too good to be that, to have that record. Fit squad, kind of the same thing. Uh, you know, we played them twice this year. We've been in both times, but they're, we know what they can do, right? I mean, this is a team that went through, I think uh, their first year with Will in the cup last year, won a bunch of games. Last winter won a bunch of games. And then I think almost like the middle of last season in the spring, it just, everything kind of flipped and it's kind of weird, right? Like this is a team that should be scoring uh, a ton of points and they're finishing with, you know, 190 points, which is, which is not good enough for them. Um, But we've played them twice and it, 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 there were tough games both times. I know the score might seem like we, we, we took care of it, but like there were tough games both times and, that would be those two. Fitzgerald and Vultures are too good. Their roster is too good for them to be in the red. Um, and so I can see them both making moves uh, in the playoffs. Seth, last question for you. We're currently planning out our FPF Cup Roadshow Finals, the whole production thing. Uh, if, let's say, I were to give you a little segment that you, you would run on the day of finals for every game, you have a 30-second pitch to us. What segment would you like us to run or would you like to run? Yeah, I mean, it would just be uh, we could do some X's and O's stuff if we could. Uh, I don't know 
<laughs> I don't know if we have any like uh, we have any all twenty two from uh, from this season, but I can. Yeah, always, we we uh, actually do with my camera phone, Ashley. So sideline view, <laughs> Ashley. Yeah, it, but it, the, 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 we're gonna. It's gonna be you sh- like putting the iPhone in front of my face, and then we're gonna film me watching on the iPhone. That's what? that's well, content Seth, right there. Here, we're gonna tease it uh, in the fall winter season. By the way, we're gonna have the Concast in uh, April twenty twenty four for the Roadshow Finals. We will. Yeah, we are. Uh, it's been, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. been decided. Uh, Who's yeah. budget? Uh, uh, don't worry, the budget to be determined. Rob. Uh, but we'll love for you to be our first guests in the Concast with PZ and I in the uh, Concast Studios um, for Roadshow. What What is the Concast? Stay tuned. Stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for that. Uh, Seth, thank you so much, my friend. Um, Steve yeah. Charles back from uh, the Queen City of Cincinnati, the Natty. And uh, tell Mike Brown and the boys at the, the Bengals office we say hello and give you press passes next time. Yeah. Uh, I'll definitely talk to Mike Brown. Oh, can I tell you a quick Mike Brown story? Yeah, actually, go for it. Go for it. So this is before I worked at PFF. Um, I went down because the defensive coordinator who I was working under at the time knew the defensive coordinator at the Bengals. Uh, this is like 2018, I believe. Oh. So we got invited down, uh, me and a few of the guys uh, who I was coaching with went down. We went down to Cincinnati. Um, they treated us very well. We went to OTAs. We had access to all the media rooms. We talked to the coaches. I got to hang out with Jim Hazlitt, uh, which was a treat for me as a former, as a, as a New Orleans Saints fan. And so we're in the cafeteria and me and, uh, former, uh, I don't think, I don't think he lives in much anymore, but so former FPF player, um, Jermaine Lewis, uh, we're standing next to each other and at the salad bar. And Mike Brown walks in and starts taking some salad. And he looks at Jermaine's plate. And Jermaine has a bunch of spinach on his plate. Uh, and he looks at, he's like, oh, my God, what, what is that? And Jermaine's like, uh, it's spinach. And he looks like, and Mike Brown looks over and goes, wow, you really know a lot about leafy greens. And then he walked away, and that's my Mike Brown story. <laughs> Mike Brown, a real savant. Living under a walk, I think, Mike Brown. Yeah, yeah, a real savant Mike Brown is. Thank you. All right, Seth, uh, safe travels back from the Natty. We'll see you for the Concast. Uh, we'll, first guest, look forward to having you on the guest with the PC9 for the Concast. People, right. 2024. Cool. Thanks, thanks, Seth. Thanks, Seth. Iggy, we'll, uh, we'll see each other next week. Yep. Very yep. excited. Big battle, yep. yeah. I can see the excitement on your face, uh, Seth. All right. <laughs> thanks so much, Seth. Seth Glean. See you guys. Us. All right. <laughs> All right. Okay. So there you go. Concast. We got our first guest for the Concast, man. All right. Okay. You're making moves over here. But What's okay. the Concast? Well, stay that, tuned. Yes, I know. Stay yeah. tuned. Stay yeah. tuned to the Concast. Okay. Let's dive into uh, Tier 3. We don't have much time left here for the show. Um, tier 3. Uh, I like that, you know, Team Sexy. I know they, they really surprised many, but did they over, overachieve? I don't think many thought they would be at the point of five wins at this point. At, after 70 games of their campaign. Uh, yeah, Team Sexy, I would have said a in an eight-game season, perhaps a four-and-four, four, depending on their schedule, maybe a three-and-five mm-hmm. uh, season, which, again, are, are not bad seasons in, in FPF. Uh, but if we quickly take a look at their, uh, at their season so far, so they tied Bandits, who have been up and down. Uh, the... the this is a big win, 44-24 uh, over New Diablos. That's a very good one, although New Diablos were very inconsistent with their roster at the beginning mm-hmm. of the season. 
Um, beating rude boys. A lot of teams are beating rude boys lately. Um, and they smoke them. But but yeah, smoking them. Yeah, against a good good like good defensive team uh, is impressive. Uh, Thirty to twelve against light work. Like the, you, this is impressive. Like stuff so far. Like halfway through their season, then taking an L to West Island boys, one of the teams that's undefeated. Okay. Um, had a battle against Born in the eighties. I, if I remember, that was a they came all the way back down twenty to zero, maybe twenty six zero. So put some scare uh, into David Dandrad. Uh beating Rico Riders thirty six eighteen, and then really taking it to uh, In and Out, putting up forty seven on them. So yeah, this is a really, really, really good season uh, out of Team Sexy. Yeah, great, I think I think they had. Uh, Good season, but you know, and it leads into the next question here. I mean, I mean, to be where they're at, a five-two and one, and now you're four seed, more likely than unless the Rays win their last game, that might drop them by one. Uh, to be a top five team, let's say they'll be a top yep. five team going into the knockout stage. Yep. I think that's <laughs> tremendous drives for yeah. them. Yeah, and if they can get a win or two in the knockout stages and, and last as long as they can, I think that really sets up well for them for the winter year for whatever division they do uh, enroll in. So yeah, I think they did well for themselves, and that leads into that next question: Are they the if it holds true, where they finish in fourth, are they the f- fourth best team? Like, is there a gap with them and say, I don't know, you to pimps, illegal use of hands, and West Island boys? Is there a massive gap or is there a close gap with those three and them? No, there's there's a pretty big gap between between that. I'd even say Killer Rays uh, are close are closer to that gap than uh, than what Team Sexy is. Uh, even trap stars are are uh, you know close the gap more than more than what TS would here. So. Uh, they're they're getting better, very good season so far. But there's there's still a ways to go. So are, are we surprised though that we like I know we spoke about the three teams being undefeated, <laughs> but are we surprised that they are pretty much going to go undefeated? Who's this? Uh, West Island boys, illegally fans, and not all you pimps. I know the pimps and hands are playing their last games, their yeah. last game coming up. Yeah, but if they all go undefeated, like are we surprised that none of these teams except for West Island boys? Uh, by the way. Uh, who suffered a tie, by the way. Yeah. So they are still undefeated. But undefeated, I'm saying that, yeah. that we had not one, not two, but three that won unscathed in the loss column. If you just say it like 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 that, you know, at the beginning of the season, will three teams go undefeated? Probably not. But then you look at who those teams are. And, yeah, I'm not I'm not surprised. Well, West Island boys, Idaho, Utapimps, those are two of the finalists uh, from Division D think it was d2 but regardless d uh and then illegal use of hands with a bunch of you know division four division five players from uh from uh, barazzoni to uh who else is on the roster actually this year they don't have uh, Ralph morelli but anyways um a, a, a bunch of guys that are are very known to uh to the league and have a lot of experience even playing the middle of the division so no i'm not surprised at all um lastly in this division here um, are there any teams on the red side, which means single elimination status, yeah. that are better than teams with the double elimination status? Uh, Lightwork, Rico Riders, and uh, the the Wrangler Darren ba- uh, Darren Medizian is going to be rushing for them now. And s- okay, yeah. instead of they lost their rushers, what yeah, you say? yeah, <coughs> good rusher. Um, I like. Depending on the night, I like what I see from Griff Nation. Uh, Blue Dry. Uh, yeah, there's, there's what, four teams I've listed there? 
So in that in that discussion, then who do you think on the double elimination side is worse than these teams? And you made the point that are better. Maybe not worse than all of them, but worse than at least one or two. Um, I think penetrators. Uh, again, not worse than all of the teams, but one or two. Mm-hmm. Um, Mangoose. I'd even go as far as saying no, 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 th- those two. Okay. On to tier one. All right. Um, when we spoke last week, or they were more or less comfortable in number two, and then they dropped and dropped and dropped. Blessed now are number three. They lost two in a row. They were undefeated up until the la- last two games. Um, are you concerned that they're starting to wobble at the knees and now go from first to third in the span of like nine days? No, because they lost to the top two teams right now. So, so Bless was never a top two team in your eyes then? I mean, hard to say. Um, probably not. But to be the number three team in basically all of FPF is is an accomplishment. And... You lost to the one seed and the two seeds, you know, closing out the season. So, is that wobbling at the knees? No. They're still going to get a as as best of a matchup as, as possible. Um, you know, just whether it's Maroons 2.0, KGP, or 4.5.0 ballers, depending on how uh, how fall they fall. I don't know if Maroons are able to catch up with them. Right now, they're locked in with, with uh, 4.5.0. For the opening round, uh, blessed. Right now, right now, they could change though, right? Maroons yeah, not lose. yeah, not a great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if Maroons lose, then they're all five and three, and then Maroons probably have the least points against. Yeah, you're looking at uh, a, a matchup against four or five old ballers, a team no one really wants to face in the first round. No. Um. So we. Look, they're they're going to be kicking themselves because they let up uh, um, a bye week go, and a bye week is just an automatic week to to move on to the next round, right? So right. they're definitely not you know as strong as they could have been uh, going into the playoffs, but they'll they'll take it nonetheless. Uh, just to be Jeff Roseblatt, are they the two candidates for quarterback of the year? I mean, their stats are, I mean, not identical, but they're close enough. So how much do you give credit to Phil Cutler basically achieving the exact same results with one less game? Very highly. So now, you got pro rate that, right? No, no, no. It's not pro rating. So between Phil Cutler and Jesse Dupuis, there's too much of a gap in that there was four more touchdowns thrown. So that one, it, it's, it's, it's clear that that was too high. But if you look, Compare Cutler to Rosenblatt, thirty-seven to thirty-one. Uh, is it's no the yardage? Is, that's the thing, though, right? The well, yardage so is if you close. if you give him additional completions, he gets there easily, right? Right, like, but I don't want to prorate. I'm not prorating. I'm I'm saying especially with the touchdowns, it's so close that only then do I look at the games played, and to say. Well, look, he did almost the exact same in terms of touchdowns, but did it in one less game. That's that to me actually probably puts Phil Cutler as the number two uh, QB right now for quarterback of the year. Personally, that's how I look at it. So Rosenblatt will be number one. No, I would put Jesse Dupree as quarterback of the year. 
are there any rushing stats to back this up? Because uh, Dupree had a rushing touchdown as well. 96 yards for an additional TD. That that additional TD is huge. Even the 100 rushing yards are big. Yeah. Cutler had Both. three for 20. Yeah, exactly. There's like 20 yards for Cutler, none for Rosenblatt from what I see. Yeah, he's, he's a real uh, demon. Right, right he's the a pocket passer. He's a yeah. Tom Brady type. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it, it, yeah. It's it's definitely gonna be a, a close call. It's close though, yeah. But I think Jesse Jesse Dupree has the edge. Um, if Jeff had thrown at least two more touchdown passes, I think yes. And look, his his completion numbers are fantastic, seventy four percent. Yeah, almost uh, over eighteen hundred yards passing. He had the most completions amongst the quarterbacks in mm-hmm. that list. Had the most passing attempts as well. So I think that has to c- that weigh a little bit here. That the more passing attempts and the more completions that helps yep. the numbers here. So I think. I think Jesse should be the candidate that wins it, but I think Jeff might pull away when the votes are all said and done. I I just I think so, right? Because the, take a game they they both had eight games. Yeah. What 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 kind of game would you rather have from your quarterback? A three touchdown zero interception game mm-hmm. or a zero touchdown zero interception game? Like it's it's not right. even debatable, right? It's right. the three touchdown. You put up three scores when someone else put nothing, so and that that goes in favor of Jesse Dupree. Fair enough then. Uh, we'll skip the last question because I have to get going. Uh, it's now time for... No games of the week, but if we were to do them, this segment would be sponsored by BuzzFit. Hey, FPS players. Looking to take your fitness to the next level? No. BuzzFit no Gyms has a special offer just for you. Join us today with no initiation costs. Get ready to score big in the gym and on the field. Visit us at BuzzFit Gyms and seize this exclusive deal now. But, uh, yeah. Let's wrap for today. We'll do predictions when the schedule comes out on like IG Live or something or yeah. some other way yeah. or I don't know. We'll figure something out. Playoffs, and, baby. Um, next week's show, who knows? Maybe we'll do it where I'm in Toronto and you guys are here in the container. Could be. Yeah. All right. Uh, magic words, please. Good night. Uh, who did we say we were going to say? <laughs> Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell. That was it. Oh, the Empty Rollers. Yes. Woodcroft might be out by the time we speak next week. Good night. Yeah, we know what we made of Can't get